Hello and welcome to the Leaders' Council podcast with me, Craig Wilman. Today I'm delighted to be joined uh, by Kate Davis. Uh, Kate is a strategic leadership advisor who works with SME founders and senior leadership teams to help them uh, improve their happiness and productivity. And she's also the founder of Kate Davis and Associates. Kate, thank you ever so much for being with us today. Craig, it's my absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for the invitation. Yeah, well, it's, it's, uh, I'm sure we're going to have a fascinating conversation. Um, I've obviously been looking into um, uh, to the work that you do, and obviously we've spoken uh, beforehand um, as well to get a, get a general um, flavour of things. Um, but something that keeps coming up again and again in your work is the idea of, of mindset. Um, obviously, a lot of people you know, value mindset and know that it's... Um, it's a really important thing in, in leadership and in uh, many lines of work. But how do you go about um, identifying that somebody's got the wrong mindset and then encouraging them to, to change that mindset? It's a really good question. And I think that the, the first thing to say about mindset is that it, it impacts absolutely everything in life, um, whether that is your uh, your willingness to go to the gym on a regular r- regular basis or how you lead a team or how you how you just how you wake up in the morning how you view the world and your place in it um and also the habits that that we form around mindset are so important to to every every element of our lives when i'm speaking to somebody and i can see that there is that there is a problem somewhere along the line it will it will show up in a number of different ways so it, it sometimes it might be that i'm speaking to someone because a, a problem has been flagged and um, i'm being brought in to have a conversation around a difficult working relationship or um, something where somebody's having to intervene to sort out a conflict or something like that. Sure. Alternatively, it can be um, when I'm speaking to to a leader and they've got themselves stuck. Uh, sometimes people will say, well, what's the most common thing that, that, you, that you talk about in terms of the coaching that I do? Um, the word stuck comes up almost all the time and so does the word overwhelm. And when, when people find themselves stuck, whether that's in a thought pattern or where they feel powerless uh, to be able to, to influence that's often when when there is a mindset issue going on right and I think it's harder the, the more outward power one one has the more the harder it, it feels when you feel stuck and therefore powerless because it feels like you should be able to do this and that should is, is a word that keeps coming up I should be able to do this I should be able to do that Really understanding what's happening for somebody and what it is that they're telling us, telling themselves, because that's essentially what mindset's about. What are you telling yourself? If you keep repeating the same thing, irrespective of what it is, it it becomes true. Uh, Simon Sinek will often talk about the elephant. If you keep saying, don't think about an elephant, don't think about an elephant, what's the first thing you're going to think about? Absolutely. Whatever it is that you're telling yourself, if it's if it's unhealthy and it's keeping you stuck, then that's going to be the thing that, that we're going to be speaking about to start with. Um, and usually there is a mindset issue with, with almost everybody. 
everybody deals with this every day. So it's just it's just really a question of understanding what what your sort of internal voice, your inner boss, as I often call it, what is your inner boss telling you, and what is the impact on your life and also on the outside world? Yeah, and do you think part of the issue is um, with a leader? Um, there may be an element of, of pride in, in that if, if they feel stuck or they, they feel a bit powerless, um, who, who do they talk to about that? Who, you know, they, can, they can't they turn around to their colleagues who are, who are meant to be um, you know, taking their direction from them and, um, and, and show that vulnerability to them. That's something a lot of leaders might be very, very reluctant to do. Absolutely. And, and, and again, it's something I, I talk about quite, quite a lot uh, with, with clients. Um, it's this idea of the sort of the, the CEOs feeling squeezed um, and they can feel squeezed in a number of different ways. But certainly as far as the, as far as the squeeze that they put on themselves, there is that they will ex- expect that they would be able to manage this, to lead this, because they've got to that level of seniority. Whether that, whether they have founded the business, um, often that's the most difficult part. If they founded the business, they've this is their baby, and this is something that they're very passionate about. And getting to a position of leadership actually usually means stepping back from doing the thing that they love, and somehow being expected to know all the answers to all the questions. Yeah. Nobody knows the answers to all the questions, do we? Um, there's a there's a lovely adage. I'm sure I saw it in a mug somewhere about everybody's winging it, and anybody who tells you otherwise is lying. Yeah. We are all winging it to a certain extent, aren't we? But by, by the time you get to a senior position, there is an expectation that you must know what you're doing, and often that's when things like imposter syndrome can can creep in, where that feeling of what happens if everybody found, finds out that I'm winging it, what happens if everybody realises that I'm a fraud, yeah, which is I, so, obviously a complete nonsense, but it's just something we tell ourselves as well, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I, I was expecting um, the word, impos- word imposter syndrome to come out there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think you, you know part of the way to get out of imposter syndrome is by realising that um, pretty much everybody has it to, to, to some extent. Um, and um, you know all, all you can do is... Once you keep proving to yourself again and again that that you you can do a certain thing, then at, at some point you've got to let yourself um, off the hook. Um, but I guess the, the element of the, the fun side or the challenging side of life is that once you've proven you can do one thing, you'll, you'll find that you'll be doing something else that you're you're not so sure about, and and on it goes. So you never feel quite safe. But then I guess we we'd probably be bored if if, if we did if we just did just do the same thing again and again. So um, yeah, you can't really win either way. No, you no, you can't. But but you're absolutely right that, that every time you try something new, and we we need to try new things. We need to be able to 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 change and grow. Every time you do something new, every time you're stepping outside of your either the, your your personal comfort zone or where if you're taking other people outside of theirs, that voice is still going to come back in again. Those nagging doubts, where your brain's just trying to keep you safe. But but that that, that does mean that progression and innovation can be hampered as a result of that which then of course then leads to sort of much more stagnant leadership which is no good either yeah. um but failing forward yeah. um is always is always the right is the right way to, to go about this I, I i always think um if you don't try uh you can't succeed can you no absolutely yeah you learn from um you learn from your failures and uh, and that's how you find out what isn't working yeah. um 
And yeah, it, it, it comes up again and again in, in leadership advice that, that the people who achieve the most successes are the ones who also have had the most failures because they've tried the most um, amount of times. Yeah. Um, um, so um, we mentioned a few times about um, you know, negative thoughts or recurring thoughts. Um, are there any techniques um, or exercises that you encourage um, for your clients um, who, are, who are struggling with, with, with those things? So you, you've made a very good point as far as imposter syndrome is concerned. Um, definitely that giving yourself the evidence because your, your brain is trying to give you evidence of the reasons why you shouldn't do something or why you're not qualified to do something. So actually giving that inner boss the, the, the evidence that actually that's not true and that you can do this and then effectively saying, look, you know, shut up back in your box. I'm, I'm going to go and do this. Yeah. The best way to prove your imposter syndrome is by going and doing it. Um, but one of the things that I feel very passionately about and I work with my clients a lot is, is actually being able to find their own zone of genius. Okay. Because if you are working within your own strengths, if you are really working at the very best of your ability, we all have different strengths and we all have different challenges. But understanding where the strengths are and, and playing to those as much as you possibly can will will mean that you're much less likely to fail anyway because you're doing the thing that you're naturally gifted at. And it also means that you're less likely to be coming across those, I'm not qualified, I'm not, ava- I'm not able to do this, um, or the comparisonitis, um, which always sounds like an itchy skin rash, rash doesn't it? Um, the con- you know, that constant looking around at your peers um, to, to, to see well, what are they doing and they're doing better than me. And how are they doing better than me? I must be doing something wrong. And I think this is, and this is what we were sort of alluding to before, the, the the other difficulty that, that that leaders will have is that there are very few or they can sometimes feel that there are very few people who understand them and understand what's going on and where where is their sounding board where is this where is the sense check from their perspective that means that they can have those conversations about how they're feeling or the fact that they don't have the answer to everything um, or that the fact that they're comparing themselves to, to other people. And this is, again, where that, where that squeeze comes in, feeling that pressure of, of needing to have all the answers whilst doubting yourself, because we all do. It's part of, it's part of human nature to, to, to doubt ourselves. As I say, that self-sabotage is a protection mechanism. Um, but being able to be able to really lean into those strengths, understanding what you're naturally good at, um, and and also therefore knowing what it's like to be on the other side of you. If you understand what you are, who you are, and and what you're like, understanding what the, what the other side of that is, can be incredibly important. Yeah. And it also means that you get to recognise the same thing in other people, um, which therefore means that other people, the people in your team, the people who work for you, are able to be productive. And if they're productive and they're doing the stuff that energizes them, then, and then they're going to be they're going to be happier as a result. And, and so, being able to really hone in on who you are and what your real gifts are helps so much with so many of these these areas. Whether it is whether it is the nagging doubt in your in your head, or whether that's the much more tangible, deliverable productivity of teams, all comes down to 
doing doing the thing that that makes you happy. I mean, this is one of my one of my taglines. I have right. a mug with it on. I'm so so obsessed with this. But but the stuff that makes you happy is the stuff that you're good at. And the more you can do the stuff that you're good at, the better you're going to be. And that's the same for a CEO or the lady cleaning the loose. It doesn't sure. matter what it is, who that is. If we're working at our best, we're going to be more productive. We're going to be happier. We're going to have less self-doubt, which can only be a good thing. Yes. And does that mean um, for a leader um, and we're trying to keep them within their zone of genius as much as possible, um, does that mean um, finding colleagues who can take on some of their responsibilities um, that they don't think they do so well? Yes. And it's, it's it's not necessarily... Um, I just I don't want to do any of the stuff that that I don't like yeah. because that's that's also not good leadership. That's not well, it's not being not being a good human being either. It's it's being able to to sit in 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 that in that zone of genius, sitting in in your strengths, seventy eighty percent of the time. Some days you will have to do it thirty percent of the time. Yeah. But you but you'll struggle by the end of the day. Those are the days where you come home and you're thinking, God, I'm so tired. What's what's been going on you've been doing the you know you've been doing the other side of what of of, of your strengths but looking much more holistically at, at everybody's strengths whether that's you know starting with the top i do think it's important to start from the top i've, I've worked in change management for long enough to realize that if if the people at the top don't believe in the change nothing's going to change so looking at looking at the leadership level and and below that doesn't mean that you stop at the leadership level any change in any organization has to go all the way through but um but that's a whole other other subject um being able to 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 look holistically at the strengths and weaknesses of the team and and it's often not you're in the wrong job it's just a, it's a shift of parameters and even if you're looking at things on a project by project basis who is best able to do this not just from a capacity point of view but actually where is you know which team member has this in their sweet spot why wouldn't you want to utilize those strengths so yes it can yes it can be a question of of delegation of of some duties or responsibilities but it's it's much better if you're looking at it as a much more holistic um, framework yeah no that, that absolutely makes sense um you you mentioned um ceo squeeze um a couple of times now is that something you you think has been um heightened um lately in in the post pandemic era very much so, and um, I feel I, I feel very, very much for for those people in those positions because not only as we said you've got your inner boss asking you all of those questions, but if you think about the number of stakeholders, internal and external, and in, in any organisation, everybody post pandemic is looking for answers. No one's got the answers because we're all navigating a completely new landscape trying to work out what we can bring with us, what we need to completely rethink, the 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 um economic, political, all of the the, the landscapes are shifting wherever we look. Sure. So your your employees are looking to you for for a, for a different set of um of reward schemes and um training and development and all of those different things, whether that's hybrid working or whether that's simply salary increases. 
or I, you know, I want to work from home because I've got a puppy now. Sometimes <laughs> that's, that's come up. Um, they they have different demands of you, and they have different requests of you, and they're looking for different answers. Your shareholders will have different requests than they had two or three years ago. Your suppliers are now dealing, having to deal with a, again a completely different landscape. And uh, you know, just think of the shortages that people are having to, to deal with, and the additional bureaucracy post Brexit, and all of the different stakeholders that that any leader is managing are all seeking answers. And they're often coming into the same person, the same small group of people who, as I said before, don't have the answers either. And I see this so, so often where the the person I say at the top, I I see them very much in the middle. They're in the middle and they're being squeezed from, from, from all sides. And and this is a conversation that you and I had, isn't it? That where do they go? Where do they go to for a, a sounding board? Where do they go to for help? Where do they go to for the answers? Yes. Or even if it's some, somewhere where they can just explore what other people are doing, how other people are doing it, could that work for my organisation? Um, it can be, you know, it's, it's a very common phrase, but it's, it's tough at the top. It's very lonely at the top. And when you're being squeezed from all sides, it makes it an awful lot harder. It certainly does, yeah. And that's something we've... Um... We, we, we found that the Leaders' Council, um, since the um, lockdown measures have eased, we've, we've done a regular um, coffee morning once a month just to get, um, mm. to get the leaders, um, the various members uh, that we have together. Um, they're all directors or, or CEOs or head teachers or leadership um, uh, positions of, of some sort. Um, but there's no agenda to it at all. Um, we, we didn't really know what to expect to begin with, but it has almost become uh, like a, an informal support group, if you like, and it's, you, you can just see the relief of, um, of, of, of um, leaders being in a room with other people who are going through similar things, um, even if it's in completely different, uh, different fields. Um, you know, the, the, the pressures are intense now, and as you say, the, a lot of the challenges are brand new, and you know, the cost of living crisis and everything else, um, it just piles up. And I think to, you know, if, if you are a leader in a... Um, in a lonely position, as uh, as you say, it's good to have other people um, in similar roles that you can you can speak to. Um, and I, I noticed as well that, that that's a key part of your uh, your work is about um, about self care and about you know, encouraging the leader to to look after themselves before uh, being able to look after the team. Very much so. Again, I mean, I'm full of the old adages today, aren't I? You, you can't pour from an empty jug. If if you're not looking after yourself, if you are not able to perform at your best, yeah. you can't expect anybody else to be doing the same thing. Um, and and I see this, I, I, I see this a lot. Uh, it's something that comes up with women a lot. Uh, particularly women with with children, where they are being pulled in in all directions, and they don't put themselves sometimes not even on the list, let alone near the top of the list. Yeah. I see it also with leaders of of any gender um, that they that 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 feeling of 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 needing to nurture people and needing to put other people first. It can feel very selfish to put oneself first. Yeah. And reframing that to essentially be saying, well, what would happen if if you if you if you if you keeled over, or if you weren't here, or if you're not performing at your best? What does that do for the rest of the team? Yeah. Self care is not selfish. Self care is 
probably the best thing that you can do for any I'm going to use the word team here because I, I do mean team, organisation, family unit, friendship unit, anything. If you can't lead yourself first, then you cannot lead anybody else either. Um, and you need to be able to understand yourself and your drivers and being able to see the triggers of, of I'm becoming overwhelmed, I'm becoming burnt out, I'm not looking after myself. How am I going to effectively recharge? being able to see those triggers in yourself will 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 actually just put the put the brakes on something that could go very haywire very quickly so um self-care is absolutely paramount absolutely i mean it's, it's, a, it's a, a tricky one because um as we discussed earlier the there are um thoughts that you you, you perhaps have to um have to ignore or, or or push away you know thoughts telling you that you're not good enough at this or or you know you're going to fail or negative thoughts but at the same time um uh, yeah there, there might be other thoughts that are saying or oh, you should really take a break now or you know um maybe maybe sit this project out or calm down and, and it, it may be tempting for the leader to also push those thoughts away and and um and power on um yes yeah yeah um uh, <laughs> go on. i was going to say the, the, you, the, the word should has come up quite a few times there which i just wanted to pick up on if i may sure. uh, i think this, this is something that that we that we live with an awful lot and i'm and i'm not for, suggesting for a second that that again we should just we should ditch our responsibilities but it's a it's a word that i like people to almost sort of count how often they hear it in them in themselves okay. if 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 the answer is well i should do this or i should do that it it probably means that something is going wrong somewhere because should is a very heavy word. There is an expectation level there, and and almost an expectation of failure. Well, I should do that. I should, back to I should go to the gym. If you ever hear yourself saying that, you know you're not putting your trainers on. Um, if you should be doing something, the chances are that it's either the wrong thing or it's something that you that you don't have the energy for or you don't believe in, right. and. And this is a, this is again, I mean, almost back to the zone of genius. Understanding what feels like an ought or a should, um, which tends to be outside influences, outside impact on you, outside expectations, as opposed to the things that you, from an individual perspective, are um, your your natural strengths, but also from an organisation's perspective. Yeah. You know, the leader defines the culture. If 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 an organization feels 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 itself going down a path of ought, oughts and shoulds, it's probably not sitting and playing it to its strengths. It's probably not using its USP. It's not doing, it's not performing in the way that it, that it, it that it could. It's performing in the way that people think it should. And that's not, not, not ever going to be the best course for, for any kind of growth or any longevity. And so, is the is the key to replace oughts and shoulds with with wants? Is that the idea? Things that people want to do. Well, it's. I mean, the, the word want that can sometimes feel a little bit flippant. You yeah. know, the, the, the toddler of I want this and <laughs> I want that, um, and it's and and this is the thing, this is what I'm. I'm. It's not a question of of completely ignoring. All of the, all of your responsibilities, all of your, all of those stakeholders, and actually managing all of those people, but 
by by staying true to, I mean, we're almost sort of going into mission and vision and values, aren't we here? So looking at the purpose of the organization, right. what's the driver behind the organization? Why, why do you all get out of bed in the morning? Um, what is the, what's the vision? What's the vision that you've set for the business? Um, and and what are the values that underpin all of those? If you if you can stay true to those, that's what the shareholders bought into. That's what what the employees bought into when they came to to work for you. And and when we're when we're looking at that CEO squeeze and people being pushed in different directions, it's very easy to come off course. Using things like mission and vision and values, being you know almost using that your mission as your north star. It will be working within within your within your strengths because it's what what the business was founded for in the first place. Keeping on your path, yeah, will 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 mean that you'll you'll waste a lot less time, money, resources, etc., deviating and trying to trying to please sort of out, outside the outside stakeholders. Yeah, and then that brings it back to the self care because if you're not looking after yourselves, if you're if you're tired, if you're not you know on on the if you're not able to perform as well as you could, um, then mm. you know your mission is going to going to fail. Yes, exactly that. Exactly that. Um, and and that self care is is individual self care, but also the responsibility for actually the self care of the organisation as well. How who is looking after the organisation as a whole? Who is looking after the people, the culture, the 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 values that the that the the organisation was founded on? Um, self care works for, for for a group of people as well as it does for one. Yes, and that makes and also yeah. If if you um, want to if, to be able to look after yourself, it, it, it will help if you've encouraged your uh, colleagues to do the same. Um, if, if you're constantly pushing them to to their absolute limits, then then maybe they're not going to look too sympathetically um, at you if you're you're trying to you know um, take a day to yourself to, to to recover. But if you've encouraged them to um, to to look after themselves then they yeah. will want you to do the same exactly yes you you can't be pushing them to do it and then and then saying see you later i'm off to the golf course that yeah. doesn't go down very well does it no, absolutely <laughs> not um <laughs> so um slightly conscious of, of time kate but I, i'll just get into mm. um uh, an interesting part of your um uh, your philosophy um which is um the idea that there's a, a leader um, in everyone, and that everybody has um, a leadership, uh, a leadership voice. Um, so, mm. could you, yeah, briefly tell us about your um, five voices system? Yes. Yeah, so, I, so I work with a, a methodology called called the five voices, which is, in in essence, it is a personality profiling um, resource. But what I really love about it is is understand being able to understand not only your own voice but also being able to recognize the, the voices in others yeah. being able to to see if you can recognize your own voice you can also hear what it's like to be on the other side of you to see what it's like for other people okay um and it works on the basis that we are we are all all of the five voices it depends on which order that they come in uh as to, as to as to how that shows up, um, the the five voices in 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 quietest to loudest um, are the nurturer. Uh, so the nurturer is is the champion of people and relational harmony. They are team mum 
almost okay. with a, without wishing to add a, add a gender to it because it's not gender specific but that that nurturing uh, always thinking about how are people going to be affected by this not not wish, wishing to kind of run off down a, a path of change without looking at the impact on on, on other people Sure. Um, they tend to be the quietest of the voices. They tend to be the people who will take criticism most most keenly, um, and they will fight for everybody else's highest good and never their own. They make up an astonishing forty three percent of the population. Forty three percent of the population are are in in the quieter camp. Um, we then we then look at the Guardian voice. Um, actually, sorry. In terms of in terms of loudness, we then go to the creative voice. So the creative is, is almost almost the opposite. Still very people focused, but very much into the future. Those incredibly innovative, visionary thinkers, um, all about in, uh, organizational integrity, very values driven, but can sometimes be so into the future that those those present voices really struggle to hear them. Okay. Uh, they are the people where where if you're sitting around a, around a board table and somebody comes up with this absolute gem of an idea and then you think, no idea what, it sounded good, but I've no idea what that means. That's probably the creative voice. The third, the third voice is, um, is the guardian. So they are the champion of due diligence. They are the people with all the questions. Every, uh, well, that sounds an interesting idea, but I have many, many, many questions. Yeah. Um, and, and those three groups of people make up 82% of the population. Um, and those are three other three that are least likely to be represented in, in senior leadership. Okay. Because either we can't hear you, we don't understand you, or sometimes, especially with a guardian voice, we might not want to hear, might not want to listen because you're probably asking the difficult questions, which are incredibly important to ask. Um, the fourth of the voices is the connector. So the connector is the is all about relational networks. Connectors know exactly who to who to put you in touch with, which resource is required. Incredibly good communicators, often very charismatic. The pioneer is the loudest of the voices. That can be in terms of volume, but also in terms of force as well. Um, and and those two, those two, as I say, hugely overrepresented in leadership positions because sure. both very future focused, one very very systematic, very very um, foundational, structured, um, military precision with the pioneer, and the connector being being that master communicator. But often those people in the in the in the in the other three categories will say, "Well, I'm not cut out for leadership." Yeah. Which is just which is a nonsense. Um, we anyone anyone is capable of of leadership. Um, any one of those voices is, and being able to recognise the strengths of each of those each of those five voices is incredibly important. It's really important to be able to have representation from each of the five voices in in any team, because each of them brings something different to the table. But in, uh, as I said before, the leader de- defines the culture. If you are if you are a nurturer and probably doubting your own your own self worth to to a large extent, might you're probably not putting yourself forward for that. What are we missing out on as as an organisation because you would you don't want to put yourself forward? That guardian voice of um, of really honouring the past, bringing it into the present, being very structured, being very um, sometimes risk averse, but actually creating enormous strength 
especially when we're going into turbulent times, um, we're going into, we've been in turbulent times for, for years. Actually, that guardian voice is so important to be able to be the, 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 the steadier of the ship. That that voice may not think that they are capable of, of, of leadership or they may not think that people would want them to step into that because they ask the difficult questions, but that's where the growth comes. And so when I when I speak to leaders and I, and I do this work with them and I help them to understand who they really are and that they shouldn't have to, and there's that word should again, uh, they, they are able to use their own strengths rather than pushing into what they think people think people people want of them the nurturers who are who are sort of trying to trying to almost be pioneers who are trying yeah. to be a, a different person because they think that's what people expect of them where actually by being by being themselves the the organization will get far more far more benefit out of that right so it's fighting against the idea that there's a um you know a, a off the peg vision of what a leader is and um, certain yeah. characteristics that you have to have. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Um, the, the, no, two organize, no two organizations are the same. So why would two, why would two leaders be the same? Yeah. Um, if you think about, um, if you think about this, the, the sort of the pioneer voice, which is, which is, you know, supposed to be the, the 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 very strong visionary visionary leader, um, very able to make the clinical decisions, able to uh, to separate the person from the fact. Um, they, well, they will make much better leaders. You look at somebody like Barack Obama; he's not like that. He's much more values driven. He's much more people focused, and would be much more able to to absorb. What pe- what people need, rather than what the piece of paper tells you to do. Right. Um, and 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 great those those great leaders who we all think of when you think of a great leader, whether that's the you know the Nelson Mandela's or as I said the Barack Obamas, or those are often the people who are who are not the typical leader in terms of their kind of their their personality DNA. They're working with their their left hand and their right hand. They're working with their strengths as well as being able to lean into into the to the areas that they have learned. Yeah. And being able to do that, being able, have that, having that flexibility is so important in leadership. Sure, and so qualities such as um, you mentioned Mandela and um, Obama there. So qualities such as charisma and um, confident speaking, um, those wouldn't put you into one of these five categories they would kind of they could trend they could be present in any of the categories is that, is that right? yeah absolutely and and com- confidence if you if you boil it down confidence is, is simply a question of of you, you know it, it's being comfortable in your own skin isn't it yeah. if you're comfortable in your own skin it doesn't really matter who who you are that's where that's what you're going to project when you're when you're feeling um, when you when you have that lack of confidence or that lack of self worth, it's usually where you are pretending, where you've got you know, where, where, where you where you put on the mask. That's where the lack of confidence comes from. So if you're able to to work within your own natural strengths, whether you're able to work at your your personal best, that will make you more confident. It will make you a better orator, a better communicator. All of those things come much more easily when you're not pretending to be somebody else. 
Yeah, no, that that really rings true. Yeah, I think a, a problem people might run into is that they have the certain leaders that they um, admire, and then they will try and emulate that leader, even though the personality of, of, of that leader might be entirely different to their own. Um, and and yeah, as you say, really they should put their own personality first and be comfortable with that, and then things like confidence um, will will come naturally as a, as a result of that. Is that the, the general idea? Uh, absolutely. And you think about the people that you admire, irrespective of, of their, their, their job status. The people you admire are the people who are, who are happier in, in their own skin, who, who have that confidence, who have that self-belief. Um, and, and being able to, to do that, it doesn't stop you admiring other people, but it actually means that you're able to, to more drill down on what it is you admire about them, and then you can you can borrow some of that absolutely, but but that that confidence has got to come from you rather than a, a, a cloak you're putting on, um, a persona that you're putting on. If it comes from you, you can then borrow the good bits from other people and take inspiration from those people absolutely, um, but but it's got to you've got to lead yourself first. Yeah, and I think that potentially brings us back to. Near where we started, which was um, uh, failure and making peace with failure, because I think confidence um, certainly comes from uh, being comfortable with things going wrong, um, knowing that yeah. it's not always going to be going to be perfect. And um, and yeah, when when you've messed things up hundreds of times, then the idea of uh, messing up a public sp- uh, speaking arrangement or you know a project not working perfectly, they, those things are, are much less scary than they than they used to be and you might seem confident um to the outside well but often it, it, it's just because you know you're okay with with things not not being perfect always mm. yeah uh, absolutely yes that 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 veneer of confidence you you may fool some of the people some of the time but but it will it'll crack um and you as the individual will be the first person to, to spot it and, and other people see it pretty quickly afterwards as well. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And, and, it, and it will make, yeah, it means that if it's false, then it means that the, the moment you have the failure, it, 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 the, the failure is so much harder to take and, um, and the fall is, is, mm. is so much, so much bigger. Um, yeah, very much so. Great. Well, look, okay. It's been an absolute um, pleasure um, talking to you. Um, where, where's the Thank best you, and you. Yeah, where, where's the best place um, for people to go if they, they'd like to find out more about uh, the work that you do? Um, I'd love love people to come and connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm Kate Davis, or uh, my website is katedavis.net. Okay, great. And we'll um, yeah, in- include that in the, um, the description of the, uh, of the podcast. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks so much for, for joining us, and, and, and thank, thank you for listening. And uh, we'll be back shortly with another episode of of the Leaders' Council podcast. Thank you.